I always ask people, what's the truth? Like, are you willing to accept the truth? Because when you see the truth, you know your true starting point as opposed to being forward or behind. And it's really important that we know the truth of where we are and being able to accept it and understand it. Take the lesson, because once you take the lesson, you're going to recalibrate, integrate, move forward in a different direction. That's right. So that the same lesson doesn't hit you again afterwards. So living in the present moment means being really aware of everything it is that you're doing. Uh, typically, we walk around with our brain thinking that our thoughts are the most important things that we have, but they're really not. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk Wellness with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. The Heartfulness Initiative is a seven-dimensional wellness enablement program for you to be at your best human condition through a scientific approach to mental health and overall well-being. Reconnect believes in the power of love, empathy and human connection, in healing mental illness and empowering humans to be aligned with their purpose for holistic growth. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com. Talk wellness with Anja. We have a transformational coach, an NLP master, a rapid transformational therapist. No, it's not three different people. It's just one person. And she's somebody who's passionate about helping people free their mind. She had a successful career as a vice president and general manager holding positions in luxury and sports fashion. And then she switched from developing teams and delivering business outcomes to following her passion and de developing and changing the lives of her clients. She helps her clients understand how to close the door of the past once and for all as she takes them through a process that instills them with a more constructive way of thinking about life and experiencing life. She's extremely passionate about applied learning and using language in constructive ways with her clients, experiencing this from the minute they meet her. And uh, she is Helen Plake. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Plake. Plake, Helen Plake. And today we're talking about the power of constructive language. Thanks so much for joining us on Talk Wellness. Thank you, Anjan. I'm excited to be here. Wow, the power of constructive language. This is such a cool topic. It is, and one that I'm really passionate about, because I'll often begin and I'll ask people, what's the personality of your language? Mm. And they just look at me like, what are you talking what are you, about? What are you talking about? Okay, so let's get into that a bit more. So what, what's the personality of somebody's language? What, what are the different personalities? Okay, so if I was to ask you what your personality was, I would get you to imagine everything that you say to yourself as a person next to you. And then I would ask you whether or not you would want that person to stay around mm. because they were supportive, they were constructive. or are They were they, empowering. Uh, yeah, are they empowering or, or are they just a victim? That's right. Yeah. So it's basically helping people realize that sometimes their own victim talk, the drama in their head is actually causing more destruction than anything else from the outside. Exactly. Because we're programmed that way. And when you ask people, what is the language you speak to yourself? What, what are the most common responses you get? I mean, often people won't tell me. They'll say something like, you're stupid, you're ugly. Look how To themselves? Yeah, to okay. themselves. Look, to how, you. Okay. look how fat you are. Mm. And then I'll say, can you say, Helen, look at how ugly you are today. And mm. I'll ask them to express it. And they'll be there going, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. And I'm like, no, you have to say it. And they say it. They don't say it feeling comfortable at all. 
And my comment to them is, is that those emotions that you feel when you say that to me, you've just become so used to how you feel. Like, and that's how you feel every time you say that. And when you say to your body, you're ugly, mm. what do you think your body's going to do? My guru used to tell me that we don't think in thoughts, we think in language. Right. Yeah, and incredible. our thoughts are simply language or images. Yes. And even the images, every single image we get because of our extensive study of language, we have a word to describe every image. We do. Yes. But when you told me that, I'm like, I was trying to think of a single thought that I could think without language. And it was impossible. I'm thinking about that now. It really is. Yeah, you can't, you can't have a single thought without putting a word to it. And this is when meditation comes into play because in that state, you can have, well, you can't even call them thoughts. You can reach a state where there's no language. You can't, it's undescribable and it's inarticulatable, the state of reaching that isness or oneness for lack of better word mm -hmm. you know and that's that's the key to meditation and i love that today we're talking about the power of constructive language uh, let's first describe what, what is destructive language destructive language is anything that moves you away from what it is that you're intending to achieve or anything that um, is a forceful language that demotivates you or makes you feeling less than you are enough mm. that's what i would describe it as and where do people get this language from? People typically get it from childhood. So we're conceived as a miracle. We go through a process of coming onto this planet. We're feeling beings. We're feeling entities. We feel our mother's emotions. We're attached to the mother. And then all of a sudden you start hearing language and your mother will speak to you and the people around you will speak to you and, and you start to learn language. Some of us learn multiple languages mm. at the one time. So the mm. brain structure is formed differently or the neural pathways are different. And essentially the first words that you learn followed by good boy or good girl means that good is really anchored into our childhood response. That's right. So anytime for anyone who's in the work environment or even in a relationship, if you were to say you're bad, you're terrible, when a child feel like a child normally recognizes those words because they're the first words that you've often heard in your life, you go back to being that inner child showing up as a toddler and having a tantrum. Mm. So language is formed um, just through our interaction. And let's just say if you were to describe the personality of your mother's language and your father's language or your family's language, <laughs> you're smiling. <laughs> and you do this with your clients? Yeah, I do. They are conversations that we have. I'll often get people who either live by themselves or they still live with their family. That's right. And when people live with their family and the family language is what I would describe as unproductive or unhealthy. Or destructive. Yeah, or, dist yeah, or destructive. <laughs> and even if they don't, they don't live with their family, maybe there's a residual language that stuck with them through the many years of being with people who have kind of brought them down. There is, a, there is and there's also the emotional attachment to the language it is that they've heard. Hmm. So we speak about language and you have words, you have thoughts. The brain works in terms of pictures and images and we store all of our experiences through our senses. Sure. So sight, touch, kinesthetic. Um, so the brain is an area which is still being further explored and developed and the science behind it is new and evolving each and every day. So when I say language, you communicate with yourself and you communicate with others. And all of that just comes down to what have you been exposed to? And if you're consistently around people who use destructive language, 
then you you absorb it yes. because we have a physical body that contains us, but our energetic body and our spiritual body. So really, like you have a nervous system that goes out and it senses things. 100%. So let's talk about your journey. How did you move from speaking to yourself in a harmful way and now you've become <laughs> the master of constructive language? It was a process. It definitely was a process. There was a time in my life, maybe 16 years ago, where I decided the negative loops in my mind just really need to stop mm. and I was like and I, this was when you were a VP and general manager uh, <laughs> big boss no 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 this is when I was starting out this is okay. uh yeah this is late 20s and then I came across Louise Hay yes um, she's the founder of Rapid Transit no, no that's uh, yeah, Marissa Louis, Peer sorry yeah Marissa Peer yeah so Louise Hay is all about um how you can heal yourself through language that's and, right. and affirmations shout out to Louise Hay yes and um I think a lot of people have used her work as the foundation for many of the things that they do. Sure. Um, what I find is that when you study something like neurolinguistic programming, if your teacher is so linguistic orientated, they mm. really instill with you and they speak over you. Every time you're saying something that's destructive, they'll correct you there and then they'll look who... And is that, a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I personally experience it as good. Okay. Because you're not aware of what you don't know. That's right. And we have language patterns and language habits. And when you've said, I can't, I don't know, I can't, I don't know, you don't know how often you say it. Absolutely. And this is the thing where, where, where I'm like, well, if you don't know, what ideas can you come up with? So as you're listening, I hope you're taking notes because these are things you should avoid. One is I can't, yeah. I don't, I yeah. won't, what else? I should. Because should takes away the option. Yes. Should is like a boundary. You're, you're a bad girl or you're a bad boy if you do if you do or don't do these things. No. And you should move. You should. You should change that to could. <laughs> you could use the word could, and could would give you an option. Mm. Um, I am is a very powerful word, as I'm sure most of the listeners would know. And a lot of people say I'm angry. Mm. When you say, I am angry, you're actually personifying and embodying an emotion. Yes. And an emotion is just meant to be felt. It's not meant to be a permanent state. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we experience emotions. You're identifying with that emotion and becoming that emotion. Yeah, exactly. In fact, in um, yoga philosophy, there's something called Advaita, mm -hmm. which is the concept of non-duality. And it uh, encourages you to go further than questioning, I am angry. Um, as in don't see it as a, a state of being but just as an emotion and then go further and see who is the one experiencing this anger right kind of like turning the camera inwards and yeah. observing the observer okay and or, or experiencing the experience or witnessing nice yeah Michael Singer talks a lot about that in his books sure like the untethered soul and the pathway to surrender and in terms of he really talks about the observer but unless you're in the circles of self-development, mm. when you talk about observing yourself, people just give you a blank look. True. I like to simplify it as a practical yogi, right? So yeah. when I say observe yourself, people are like confused and they give you a blank look. And then I'd be like, who's the one listening to what I'm saying yeah. and experiencing the observation? And this gets them into an intellectual process, which is good yeah. initially. And then eventually, as they keep thinking about it, they run out of answers then they can settle down experientially to actually look within and see who's the one actually observing and take it from a subjective experience to an objective observation point of view okay and that's a profound thing for a person to experience absolutely and it's simple 
It is really simple. It is so simple. It's, uh, I mean, I mean, I think we. It's a habit. It's a habit. It's a simple. <laughs> more than a habit, it becomes a way of uh, life, a way of uh, being. Yeah. And I love that NLP. When I did NLP way back in 2002, it wasn't mm. as advanced as it was now. And now there's so many new techniques and concepts and mm. paradigm shifts happen. But it was very simple. And they would say simple things like, "Don't say if, say when." Mm. You know, like. If I was to start working out, I would get a better body. When I start mm. working out, I yeah. get a better You know, simple, simple hacks like that. Exactly. And another hack for most people is language using time. Mm. So normally people will just say, I'm strong, I'm healthy. Mm. Um, I'm strong now is what you recommend. Yeah, I'm strong now. I'm taking actions to be stronger each and every day. Beautiful. And when you use this each and every day and I'm taking, I'm allowing, I'm growing... That means that it's in a in a progressive flowing state as opposed to a static event. And a lot of people who do affirmations, so the affirmation is the word, which is typically constructive when it's um, matched with time as well. However, if you're not feeling it in the body, mm. this is where it becomes destructive. Yes, because then there's no there's an element of disbelief. Yes, and it's the disbelief that causes the all the inconsistencies in your experiences in life. And it's why sometimes you can get progress in one area and not in another. And typically that comes down to what you were told as a child. So you experience success. Most people can go and experience success at work because they're told if you work hard, you will get rewarded. And they go throughout their career life and they go, this is amazing. And then they get into their personal life and it is a disaster. <laughs> Talk Wellness with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com. Talk Wellness with Anjan. So we were talking about 70,000 thoughts a day. Where, yes. Where did it come from? Before we started this podcast... Helen said 70,000 thoughts per day and I said where does this come from and we kind of did some research and found that the National Science Foundation had done a study way back in 2005 and they said we an average human has 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts and then people like Deepak Chopra and Eric Greer and some of the other names you mentioned and Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton have been promoting this concept and um, it's now a neuroscience legend yes it is it's a myth and most of us, well, people with anxiety, well, people who experience anxiety may have more than the, That's may right. have the higher end and those people that have really worked on themselves and have stillness in their life would be at the lower end. What I want to talk about is really the quality of the thoughts that mm. we have. Mm. So if you actually have, let's pick 10,000 because it's a nice round number. If these 10,000 thoughts per day were the fuel for your car and the directions in which you drove what would your journey look like throughout the day? That's right. Would would you be jumping around from topic to topic? Would you be going, would you be driving in reverse? Would you be doing U-turns all the time? Would you be looping around? Or would you be time traveling into the future? Yes, you could definitely do that. And when you time travel into the future too much, without the experience of being able to sequentially lay out time, that's when procrastination can happen. That's right. That's when you just sit down and go, I'm overwhelmed. That's when the future tripping about all the open loops. So you could have 20 loops or 20, and by loop, I mean thought pattern. You could have 20 open thought patterns going, oh, this is going to be terrible and this is not going to work. And then I'm going to go to my health and this is not going to work. And the family's not Does it mean work. like repetitive thoughts, thinking about the same thing again and again throughout the day? There are repetitive thoughts and then there are thoughts about different topics. 
So let's just say there are 20 areas of your life at the moment and you open up a conversation on each one of those 20. And then it's like your brain is like a laptop. So if you had 20 programs open and you were spending five minutes in one program, two minutes on one, 60 seconds, 15 seconds, the CPU is just going to go and then the fan will start coming on. I think that's why when people go to sleep at night, they say, I'm going to crash. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, you're lucky if you crash. Yeah, (laughs) you'd be lucky if you crash. Some people keep going and going and going. And then those thoughts show up as in the form of nightmares. Mm. Because the brain is always working. The brain is always creating sure. the story. 100%. And the story is always being created with language and pictures of everything you've experienced. All the TV you've watched and like content you've consumed as a child. And that's the... why talk wellness is a great show to consume as content. Definitely. Before you go to sleep and when you wake up in the morning. Definitely. Just Even... plugging the show. <laughs> <laughs> and the different language patterns that people would experience. The more that they listen to you and they know that the sound of your voice is familiar and Mm. it's always educational, they know it's safe. That's right. And then have you ever had that experience when you spend time with somebody and then you pick up on on a frequent word that they say? Mm. Or their accent. Yes. I'd love to see your accent turn Australian by the end of this. Yeah. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. (laughs) (laughs) Might. (laughs) How do you recommend people self-regulate their thoughts? Sure. Self-regulation all comes down to awareness and awareness happens when you slow down. There's this misconception that I think it, I must speak it. Just because you think it, it really doesn't mean that you have to speak it. (laughs) Just because you think it doesn't mean you will be good. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. It doesn't have to be spoken. And it's my belief that you can say anything in the most constructive and compassionate way if you spend time thinking about the points that you're trying to make. That's right. And typically what happened before is we used to write with a pen and paper. It would force our mind and our body to be connected. We would have to reiterate our thoughts until we picked the right word. Yes. Whereas now it's just predictive text. It's like I'm just verbal assault. So you think humanity is losing that skill? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I think language... It's, it's, the meaning of language is what the other person understands your message to be. 100%. And it could be you speaking to yourself, me speaking to you, and it, or the people listening, or it could be somebody at work that you're talking to. And if they don't get the message it is that you're saying, it's because you're not aware of how they interpret what it is that you say, and you're not using language that they resonate with. What are the most common kind of problems that your clients come to you with? Mostly um, anxiety, lack of self-esteem, depression, lack of confidence, sometimes procrastination. And how do you correct all of this with constructive language? So constructive language can happen consciously, as we are speaking now, and it can also happen in a hypnotic state. So subconsciously. Subconsciously, definitely. It comes back to the brain waves and each and every, we go through every single brain wave when we go to sleep. And when I... Uh, Let's talk about the brain waves. So I know there's alpha, beta, delta, beta, Mm -hmm. theta. Yeah, theta. So theta is the brain wave that typically happens when you meditate and when you do hypnosis. And some people go into hypnotic trance, which is deeper, it's delta. Um, We're currently speaking, so we're in beta and when you're chilling out, watching TV, listening to the radio or music, 
music lyrics as something that get into your brain. So if you're listening to music that's destructive, like I have a language approval scheme for my clients. It's like, you must not listen to these people. You have to listen to this because that's when you get looping repetitive thoughts. So that's in the alpha, alpha brainwave. So it's much easier for somebody to change their neural pathways when they're in the theta state, mm. because right now your brain is going from the prefrontal cortex to the back of the mind. It's verifying the information with what you've heard before. And we know that 95% of our thoughts are pretty much the same each and every day. That's right. Repetitive thoughts and the loops that you were talking about some moments ago. Exactly. So when you think about if 95% of my life is the same, and let's just pick the area of health. If I have a health story of I love relaxing, I binge on Netflix, I love chocolate, and you say that 95% of the time, and they're the only stories that you say about food, mm. and it's the only stories that you say about It ends up becoming your reality. Yeah, so exactly. this is how you help your clients who come with a variety of problems mm. through just simply changing their constructive language consciously and subconsciously. Yes. A large part... So the conscious part happens... One session is two hours. So typically I do rapid transformational therapy. So the first half an hour is talking consciously, understanding the problem, the triggers, the desired state in mm. terms of this is how I want to be. I want to be calm. I want to be confident. I want to not care what anyone else thinks, That's right. which is what most of us would like. And then there is the process in which when you go through hypnosis, you're still using language, but you're accessing the back of the mind. Sure. And let's just say you had a, you were addicted to sugar. And every afternoon you went and you had sugar and you couldn't break it. You, you ate a packet of lollies each and every day. You're like, I really need to stop this. It's not good for my health, but I can't do it. I'm addicted. I would take, and I could ask you consciously, tell me about why you think it is. Mm. You go, oh my gosh, my grandmother would always bake this cake. Yeah. She'd put half a sugar cube in an orange for me. And when you're in a hypnotic state and I take you back to the root cause of the sugar addiction, you might go back to a different memory. Mm. So typically, 90% of people go back to new memories that they never thought about. That hadn't surfaced out yeah, in the conscious world. Exactly. And exactly. this helps them then by changing the language. It does. So when you go throughout life, you have an identity and a snapshot captured within you at each and every age. And where there are multiple snapshots that are the same, it becomes a really big story that's mm. built in your life. So if you can get to the root cause of one of those really big stories, and let's just say I'm five years old, I have sugar, I feel loved. Very general, very high level, typically what most people experience. In the process of speaking to the client, I will ask them, does the sugar really represent love? Mm. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk Wellness with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com. Talk wellness with Anja. So when you wake up, do you wake up with the sunshine in your face? Do you wake up with the alarm blaring? Do you hit snooze? 
every time you hit snooze, you're telling life, pause. Mm. And is that really what you want to do? when you've been doing all your affirmations. I life. love waking up rituals. So how should, what should the ideal way of waking up be for somebody? The ideal way of waking up is to, I set, I pick a time that's not expected, like 5.57. And the reason I do that is, is because if it was six o'clock, in pop culture, there's this mantra or there's this, I'm gonna snooze, I'm gonna snooze. There's a culture around snoozing. And it's like, well, if I pick a time where everyone else snoozes, mm. I might pick up on the collective consciousness and energy of that. So I'm going to pick a time that's like 5.55 or like So you, you pick this time in the night before you go to sleep? I do. Okay. I do. And for those people that have a regular schedule and they wake up on time, they can just have their alarm set. So what's uh, you were saying thank you is the first thing you say when you wake up. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I woke up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, absolutely. I'm still alive. <laughs> you know, my... my Teacher used to tell me, mm. uh, if I gave you 10 million rupees, like $10 million, would you take mm. it? And all of us would say, yes, yes. And then he said, uh, if I give you $10 million and tomorrow morning you wouldn't wake up, would you take it? And all of us were like, no. <laughs> and then he, in a very simple way, explained to us how waking up is therefore more valuable than $10 million. Since that day, I've recognized waking up as the biggest miracle of the day. And it is a miracle. And it's a beautiful thing that with our autopilot behavior and our autopilot thoughts, the 95% of thoughts waking up every day going, oh my gosh, my alarm is going going off. I don't want to go to work. I don't mm. want to do this. There's the noise. There's this. That's right. It comes back to you get to live another day. True. We all wake up refreshed, but we can mess it up in one second or mess it up at 10 a.m. when we go to office or sustain that refreshed, thankful, grateful state through the day. Exactly. And when you wake up and you say thank you, it's like you're telling your brain and you're telling your body that you've already had a great day. So when you think about all of the experiences in your life you're thankful for, they typically brings you a lot of joy, openness in the heart, what are you feeling in your body? And when you say thank you, you're automatically anchoring in and True. tapping into that, into that above average or, or above destructive or above neutral state of just every day just existing yeah 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 just existing now because you're one of the first hypnotherapists i've had on the show mm -hmm. let's break some myths about hypnosis and hypnotherapy because the minute you say hypnosis many people think it's like some old man with a hat dangling like a pendulum in front of you and saying you will now fall asleep and we know it's not that so let's break some myths some people do think it's that and they <laughs> ask me that all the time and i'm like no it's not Hypnosis is all about hitting a particular brainwave, and that is all that it is. And the science around hypnosis proves that the mind and the body and the nervous system are still connected, mm. which is why it's so effective. So anytime you want to do something, you have an intellectual experience of it, you have an emotional experience of it, you have a bodily experience of it, and then when you're spiritual, you also have the soul-spirit experience of it. When they're all aligned, everything just seems to flow that Absolutely. little bit easier. And, and with language, we're constantly hypnotizing ourselves, right? Since the time we first could understand what words meant. Yes. Whatever you repeat to yourself consistently is what you will become. So if you keep saying, I'm having a great day, my day is getting better and better, then... It probably will. It probably will, because you're going to be walking around with a smile on your face. True. Compared to, uh, I don't want to wake up. Oh, I hit my toe on the corner of the furniture. Oh, the traffic. Oh. What are the other hypnosis myths that you come across? The hypnosis 
myths are, will I be able to wake up? Mm. From the session, from a hypnosis yeah. therapy session. As a lot of men are actually really scared about not coming back. <laughs> They're like, what are you going to do to me? Will mm. I know what's going on? Yeah, blame David Copperfield movies and books. <laughs> <laughs> so there's stage hypnosis, which is what everyone experiences on TV. And then there's clinical hypnosis or therapeutic hypnosis. Or hypnotherapy. Yeah, uh, which is all about, it's just about being in a relaxed state. And that state of... When you're watching TV and you're focusing more on the TV than the person next to you speaking, that's the kind of state you want to get into. That's right. Because you're still aware that there's noise outside, but you're only focused on the TV. Absolutely. And um, I've done a few levels of hypnotherapy, and I know at any point my client can get out of the session. Yes. It's so easy. I don't need to do one to get them out of it. They, they can just really get out anytime they want. Actually, one thing I do find is that mothers that come in and are really tired, they don't want to come back. They're like, no, I'm too relaxed. And the nervous system is like, oh, I love being relaxed. Just let me sit in this state. That's right. Because at, like, at the end of what I do, um, I take them on a 15-minute uh, meditation Beautiful. with constructive language about Beautiful. their identity, being more open, more Yeah, confident. let's talk about that. What is mm. some constructive language for everybody who's writing it down mm -hmm. that people can have uh, to have their self um, really improve and mm -hmm. have their identities really you know, solid and empowered? Mm -hmm. So when you... When you think about your identity, people are either motivated by moving towards something or moving away from something. Sure. And you need to understand if you're motivated by pain or motivated by inspiration. Pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. And when, when you think about what it is that you want to be or that future identity or the evolved you, uh, you pick a situation that you would like to experience yourself in, be it standing taller, being more confident, feeling more connected. Um, people come to me with typically, I don't belong. It's not available to me. I don't matter. My emotions or my needs don't so matter. So what are some typical sentences that they can write down right now mm -hmm. to change their language to constructive language? Mm -hmm. I'm becoming more confident each and every day. I'm allowing myself to change. I give myself permission to change. Uh, they can also say things like, I'm moving towards all my goals. I'm taking actions every single day. And the actions I'm going to take are. And when you open up the line of questioning of show me how to do this or show me the actions that I can take to achieve this with the focus in mind of the new identity of the outcome it is that you want to achieve, then these are the things that you can start writing down. And even sentences like every day in every way I'm healing. Yes, Yes. So when somebody asks if you are sick or you're not, you're not experiencing wellness, when people say, how are you? You can just say, I'm resting in bed and I'm healing my body. That's I'm right. Healing my mind. Instead of saying I'm sick. Yes. What somebody's, what's something somebody can say instead of saying I'm poor or I don't have money? Mm -hmm. Is it every day in every way I'm manifesting wealth? Oh, this is a... Tricky one. It's a tricky one depending on the person. So if a person is in debt and they have such a negative... Um, bank balance bank balance and stress around the story it would be more around I'm taking constructive actions around creating opportunities for myself and when you talk about wealth are you talking about a physical amount of money or are you talking about the experience that the money can get you that's right so most people really just want financial freedom mm. and they think that the freedom comes with you know either a fancy suit or, or a fancy car but really, everything, as we know, everything's an inside job. 
And when you're happy on the inside and when you feel more confident on the inside, it doesn't really matter what goes on the outside. Beautiful. Let's give everybody some more power sentences for constructive language. Oh, around health. So every, I love moving my body. I love, I binge on salads. <laughs> <laughs> I love healthy, I love food that, I love nourishing my body with nutrients. I love food. fresh fruits and vegetables. Yeah, it can be that simple. Mm. And when people talk about, I mean, people kind of roll their eyes when you go, really, you're going to put that in the meditation. Uh, so things that I put in the meditation are I love moving my body. I love playing. All exercise is playing. Like, and you're like, I love putting. So simple music. stuff, simple sentences. Really, actually. really simple. Sort of complicating it. And yeah. it, is it true that the subconscious understands it if it's simpler? It does because it, the subconscious mind is always forming an image. So when you use the word um, "I'm not healthy," it pictures healthy before it pictures what not healthy is. Mm. And it all comes down to a really clear image with really strong, powerful words that are emotive. So you can have emotive words, like they're real, I'm energetic, I'm alive, I have this thirst for life, or I wake up every day and I go through a process of where I go to work. This is why vision boards work, because the subconscious mind sees in images. Yes, it does. And when you look at the vision board with a story, and you say to yourself, I'm taking actions towards this. And there always needs to be an element of action. True. Always, always, true, always true, true. action. I think that's where many people get the art of manifestation wrong because there's no action behind it. And I say if there's a law of attraction, there's also a law of action. Yes. And yoga describes this very nicely. Uh, it's called Purusharta, mm -hmm. the concept, and it's three elements to it. First one is Icha Shakti, which mm -hmm. is the power of desiring skillfully. Mm -hmm. Then is Jnana Shakti, which is the knowledge on how to bring that desire to fruition. And finally is Kriya Shakti. Kriya means action. So right. the knowledge of what action to do so that the knowledge that you have about the desire, about the real desire you have, mm. can help you to manifest it. Yeah. And when you don't have things in your life and you don't know how to go about manifesting, mm. picking role models and picking people who already have what it is that you want and asking yourself a series of questions, even around what is it that that person is thinking and saying to themselves. So kind of like reverse engineering. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And when you know the truth, I always ask people, what's the truth? Like, are you willing to accept the truth? Because when you see the truth, you know your true starting point as opposed to being forward or behind. And it's really important that we know the truth of where we are and being able to accept it and understand it. Take the lesson, because once you take the lesson, you're going to recalibrate, integrate, move forward in a different direction. That's right. So that the same lesson doesn't hit you again afterwards. Now it's about that time. The Talk Wellness Hour with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com. Talk Wellness with Anjan. These are questions I ask all of my guests. Okay. What has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Oh, my biggest failure. I wouldn't say it's a failure. I think nothing in life is a failure. That's because of where you are now and you don't see it as a failure. But at that time, you probably did. Uh, at the time, to be honest, moving to Dubai. Okay. Like, I had an excellent... Yeah, I know your face is like, what? Um, I moved into an environment that was just different work-wise. Mm. And in terms of, I like to just get in there and get it sorted quickly. 
Uh, I'm quite a fast person with time. and It was taking a lot of time. It was what did you learn from it? What I learned from it is that life is a series of patterns that we experience. And if you don't resolve the patterns from your past, they will show up in an amplified way for you to learn those lessons. Beautiful. What's the worst advice you've ever received? The worst advice I've ever received is... I think I've blocked it from my mind. <laughs> I have a great ability <laughs> you, to forget you, you things. You did self-hypnosis <laughs> to block out. Okay, what's the best advice you ever received? Is to really love yourself. Like y- your relationship with you is the most important one that you have. No one else Amazing. can, from the outside, be around you enough to fill you up, to give you enough confidence or praise. And when you have a rock-solid relationship with you, nothing nothing else matters. <laughs> I love that. I call the segment Daily Routines. Name one thing you do every single day without fail. I have coffee. <laughs> okay. I call this Pursuit of Relaxation. I ask all my guests what their thoughts on happiness are. Unconditional happiness. What are your thoughts on it? So, happiness requires a certain set of um, parameters to be hit. Whereas if you're unconditionally happy... You're just accepting the moment as it is. So you're saying that happiness should not have these parameters. Yeah. Beautiful. Stress buster is what I call this. Five ways or tips that mm-hmm. you use to get rid of stress. Yeah. It depends on what it is. So stress, For yourself. Yeah, stress shows up in different ways. So I'll jump around. Jump for around. Movement, okay. Movement. I'll breathe. Do deep breathing, deep slow breathing. Um, I will do yoga. You mean asana practice, yeah, postural asana practice, practice. Yeah, okay. or and particularly a lot of headstand or inversions. Mm. Um, I, I go four-wheel driving, so I go okay. dude bashing. That is incredible. <laughs> okay. That's incredible. And then the fifth one is I would I just move from where I am. Okay. Movement's really so important. Movement is really key for that. Yeah. Uh, I call this shipwreck. If you had to be shipwrecked on a deserted island and you had um, your food, water, shelter taken care of, mm-hmm. name two items you'd like to carry with you. Really? You're your pendulum to hypnotize people. No, I'm joking. She doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, two things that I would like to have on a deserted island. Packet of cards. Okay. To play games. Alone? No, oh, no. And a companion. <laughs> <laughs> you got the two things already. I call this wear Anjan's footwear or the lack of it because mm-hmm. I do my show barefoot. Mm-hmm. If uh, you could wear my footwear, stepping into my footwear, mm-hmm. what would you have asked yourself that I didn't? Why hypnosis? Okay, why hypnosis? Yeah. It's the quickest, most effective way to get change. And in a day where everyone wants everything instant, it's the it's the only thing that really changes the nervous system quickly and easily. So in a way, would you say it's for people without patience or lazy people? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And people who are open. Mm. The more critical the person is and the more cynical... Uh, the less impactful it is. It just takes them a couple of more sessions. I actually wanted to chat about this. And in hypnosis, even during my course, we have Mm. the suggestibility tests and also to figure out how somebody is uh, a physical, Mm. which means highly suggestible or a highly non-suggestible. What are your thoughts on these metrics? And where do you find most people? Okay, what I find is, is that young, if you're younger, you're creative you're generally more open-minded and you're okay. open to healing and you want to change. Mm. So these are the highly suggestible yeah, folks. Yeah, highly suggestible folks. And when you're over 35, 36, you're a little bit more cynical. Life's hit you harder a little bit more. 
and your stories are more embedded. Mm. It's like that concrete's really been set. So it just takes a little bit longer. I find people in higher power positions, they're always in control. They're like, I want to be in control. I don't want you to control me. It's like, I'm just going to ask you some questions. You're going to pretend like you're relaxed and that's all it really is. Mm. Um, I find people, particularly with anxiety and panic attacks, they don't know what the experience is. And when they find out what the experience is, is, then they're like, oh, okay. But it just takes them an extra session to really get to the depth of what the problem is that they want to resolve. Beautiful. Name three resources. This could be mm-hmm. podcasts or books or movies mm-hmm. that have helped you and been most influential to you that we can recommend to everybody listening. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Map of Consciousness Explained by David Hawkins, uh, Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul, and then Nonviolent Communication. Amazing. By Marshall Rosenberg. I love it. You also wanted to talk a bit about repetition of these affirmations or power sentences as we are about to end this talk on the power of constructive language. Yeah, speaking about myths. So there's a myth that 21 days is enough time to build a new habit. Mm. Wow. This is, yeah, this is not true. It's not true. Um, Everybody has a different period in terms of what it is that they need to repeat things for. And if you have like a deep pattern of behavior that's ingrained in you that you want to change, the more repetition you do in terms of affirmations, movement and emotional juice in terms of being excited, being alive, feeling strong, feeling energized, um, repeat, 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 because your mind is like your body. When you work your, when you hit your body hard for the first month, you can see the change within four weeks That's right. and then you don't need to hit it as hard. The same thing with the mind. You need to build up a certain level of momentum. Then once you get that momentum, you just need to keep it ticking along for you to then move forward and continue to grow in the areas it is that you want to grow. You know, I was a proponent of this myth till a few years ago. I was telling many of my clients, mm-hmm. 21 days and you change the habit. And then I started looking mm-hmm. within and I said, there are some habits I haven't changed for six months. And there are some habits, just like in five days, it becomes a part of my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I said, who came up with this 21 days? Yeah, I, it's, it, it came back to a scientific, it was a science neuroscience experiment or something it was one person's response to something okay and the doctor said it was tw- it took them 21 days to change so it the just habit. became the average yeah so verify all the information it is that you have absolutely and this is what the show is about giving you new perspectives so that you can always question and uh, you know observe before you absorb and make it yours i love that yeah. yeah, always. And this is the way of yoga. We're constantly questioning. The most curious people in the world are mm-hmm. yogis because we're questioning everything, including the nature of creation, the nature of the cosmos. Who am I? These mm-hmm. are the questions seekers ask, and yeah. we're just constantly questioning everything, including theories like evolution. Which is incredible because it's that questioning that I think society is doing less and less of these days. Mm. We're and get- just accepting without questioning. Exactly. And we're getting bombarded with so many different messages from different sources. And when you're open, so when you're typically when you're relaxed, you're open. When you're open, you absorb all the messages. Beautiful. Before we let you go, mm-hmm. do you have any last final things you want to say to everybody? I want to talk about living in the present moment. Let's do it. So living in the present moment means, means being really aware of everything it is that you're doing. Uh, typically, we walk around with our brain thinking that our thoughts are the most important things that we have, but they're really not. What's really important is for us to get back in touch with our instincts and we can do that when we sit in stillness. And if you're sitting in stillness or if your mind is having a, a const- an argument that's destructive, 
what you want to start doing is finishing that loop. So typically when your mind is arguing with itself, it's because you have an open loop. It's like the conversation hasn't been finished. And it's like, how can I finish this conversation? How can I express what I need to express? How can I learn? And that's going to help you live more in the present moment. And then when you're talking about the past, refer to it in terms of time frames. Five years ago, this happened. So five years ago is a long period of time. Five years ago 100%. is enough time for me to let go of this. Yep. As opposed to bring it to, you know, I, I have this condition, I have that condition. Mm. It's like I had 20 years ago this experience that I keep bringing back to life because I talk about it. <laughs> and you want to end the story. So think about the things that you want to end and the story, close the door, really get focused in your body, get Beautiful. focused in the now and then and then start using language that's going to move you forward. Amazing. Transformational coach, NLP master and rapid transformational therapist. Uh, today was sharing her insights into the power of constructive language. Helen Pleitch. Pleitch. Yeah. Pleitch. Thank you so much for being with us on Talk Wellness. Thank you, Anton. You have a lovely day. You too. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk Wellness with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. The Heartfulness Initiative is a seven-dimensional wellness enablement program for you to be at your best human condition through a scientific approach to mental health and overall well-being. Reconnect believes in the power of love, empathy and human connection, in healing mental illness and empowering humans to be aligned with their purpose for holistic growth. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com. Talk Wellness with Anja. I want to take a moment to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. And I'd like to remind you that the perspectives that we shared on this show are of my guest and myself only. And you should evaluate if it works for you before making it yours. Always consult your own doctor, therapist and healer before you make any drastic life changes. And we would love it if you could share this podcast link with your friends, your family, your circles and talk about it. That's why we call this series Talk Wellness. We need your support to get the conversation around well-being to be a more prominent one. I would love to connect with you across social media. Look for Meditate with Anjan on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And also, please leave a review. This will help us grow. Our next episode is going to be episode 16 featuring Diana Gladka, who is a mindfulness trainer, a yoga teacher and a personal change advocate. And we're going to be talking about whether we have to choose between materialism and spirituality. Thank you once again for your listening and for your love. Stay relaxed. Namaste. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Talk Wellness with Anjan. I'm to the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative for being the sponsor of this episode of Talk Wellness. You can be part of the mental strength movement too. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com.